Only one episode this week, but we have a lot to talk about today. We got Garrett Nelson, Scott Frost, and Wisconsin. Going to be a packed episode. Let's get right into it. Let's do this thing. The listeners, what's up, everyone? We're back. Hey. We didn't have a game to talk about last week, and nobody sent any of their mail. Um, yeah. That very real mail we always go through. Yeah. Uh, we didn't so, get any of that this week, so make sure to send that in for us next week. We want to answer your questions. Yeah, that's the reason we didn't record. <laughs> it's your fault. It's not our fault. We always blame the listener. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, blame the listener. Um, so, welcome but, back. Hey, Elijah... Is it also the fact that both of us just weren't really excited to talk about this week? <laughs> no, like, do you think that has suck. anything to do with it? Okay, it's no, going to be. We have to pretend. We don't let, don't let them no. know. They don't see our faces. They no, don't have to th- know. This is going to be one of the worst games of the year, just in terms of turnout, I think, and in terms of fan excitement. It's going to be Memorial Stadium is going to be so dead. 11 a.m. Everyone's like, "What? Well, Wisconsin's going to kick our ass." No, what yeah. student's going to show up for this game? Yeah. I, Who's gonna listen to this episode? <laughs> no, could it be worse than could it be worse than Mike Riley's last year in terms of students not showing up though? I don't know. Yes. You think so? It's an eleven AM game and nobody who's gonna go is gonna want to remember it. Yeah. And it's eleven AM, which means you, you can't get that drunk yet. I mean you can, but it's that's that's a time commitment getting up that early. Respect. So I feel like everyone's gonna be waking up like ten o'clock and watch it in their dorm room. Yeah, that's, so I that think sounds that sounds it sounds more relaxing to sleep in on a Saturday at this point in the semester <laughs> than it does to watch the game. It sounds super nice to set my alarm for ten fifty eight. Yeah, and wake <laughs> up just in time for maybe miss even just miss kickoff. Yeah, yeah. You wake up so set your alarm for ten fifty eight. Have like a little ten minute timer so you wake up. It's eleven oh eight. Nebraska's already down twenty one to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can perfect. just have an excuse to ah, well, now I can carry on with my Saturday. Is it getting to the point for Husker fans? Maybe us included that it sounds kind of nice to have the football season be over so we can like do things on Saturdays. Yeah, the only thing that sucks is that we're right into basketball season and that's been rough. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. immediately my expectations. There's just nothing to be excited about for Husker right now. Uh, volleyball, we can still we can still finish. We're not gonna win at all this year. Let's be honest. Yeah. So really, across the board, baseball. No. Women's basketball. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't Sorry. laugh. No, 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 no. I didn't mean to laugh at once. I just mean the fact that we're just stretching for any sports team for the Huskers that I can be excited about. Yeah, I don't have any enjoyment in my life right Broom now. Broomball team. But, uh, yeah, no, no excitement whatsoever. But we do have some excitement within the Husker football team. That's because Garrett Nelson got his black shirt this hey. week. Hey! You like that segue? Yeah, that was good. That was, that good. was, good. That was right nice. That yeah. was like a pro. I was about to transition into women's bowling, so this is way better. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, they have the new coach, but we're not going to talk about that yeah, then. We're going to be a women's bowling podcast i don't want people to shut the podcast off (laughs) (laughs) garrett nelson if you follow us on twitter you saw um elijah so kindly retweeted out the video of garrett nelson talking post-practice in his black shirt new fresh off the press 
Um, on on tier, verge of tears, if not already in tears. Yeah, it was either beautiful. sweat or tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely choked up is maybe the word we can use. It was at times it was hard for him to. Well, he definitely was lost for words at times. Besides saying like, it means a lot. Like this is I worked. I've been working hard. I've been busting my ass, and this is like, this means a lot to me. He had a really just good go, quote. Just honestly, just. Eh, should we should we soundbite it? Just soundbite what he said right after practice. That okay. was to Brian Rosenthal. We'll play that now. Yep. I felt pretty good. You're good. Felt pretty good. It means a lot to me. Uh, I'm working hard, so uh, it just means a lot. Felt good. All right, there you go. If you didn't see that somehow. He did have a, a full press conference after the uh, the practice where he got his black shirt. And he said, some, I think, some good stuff in there. We don't have time to play it all. But uh, I do want to make note of one thing that he said was someone asked him, uh, how are you making such a big impact in your freshman year? And he said, well, I got here in the spring. And I said to myself, why wait to make an impact? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to say, well, I'm only a freshman. I can make an impact my junior year, my senior year. I'll, I'll work now and I'll make an impact later. And he said, why should I wait? I, I want to be somebody who goes out and makes an impact now. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. To do that, even self-initiated, bold move. How many, how many listeners, their first year in anything feels like, like you're going to show up and bust your ass. And like, I think, I think that oftentimes we feel self-conscious. We look a little silly whenever the, we're doing something for the first time, even like not even coach initiated. He's just doing it. Uh, that's, that's sweet. And I've seen the same like thing over and over again, which is if we had a hundred Garrett Nelson's, we'd be fine. And I'm not even tired of seeing it at this point. Cause it's true. Garrett Nelson's all I want to fill out everyone on my team. He's a guy who you can tell loves practice. Loves the game of football. Loves being on a football field. He probably loves pain. Not in like a kinky way. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. In like a football way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Not that I would know. No, but um, like the whole thing with Garrett Nelson is everyone's like, oh, that's just a crazy person on the football field. And the thing is, is if Garrett Nelson was playing in the 90s, you wouldn't say, look at that crazy person on the field. You'd be saying, look at that black shirt on the field. Yeah. That's all it is. He's not a crazy person. He's a black yeah. shirt. Yeah. And that's why I love that Garrett Nelson got his black shirt this week because he embodies everything that a black shirt is about. So what's that mean for this team, Elijah, that they're handing out black shirts this late in the season? Two things. Uh, one, I think it's saying to the current black shirts, um, hey, guys, uh, you see these guys? They deserve a black shirt. You guys don't. Mm. You know how we awarded all you guys with black shirts? We're not going to take them away. We're not going to do that. But we're going to award them to the people who actually deserve them. Mm. Garrett Nelson and Damian Jackson, the guys who are leading off the field, the guys who are leading on the field. Uh, I think it's also showing the guys who are going to be going into a full off season of, of workouts. Saying, yeah, these are the leaders. You, you guys want to follow somebody? Yeah. Redshirt, sophomore, former Navy SEAL, uh, started his career at linebacker, moved to defensive end, and said, well, I'm not going to see the field defensive end. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to learn how to long snap. And one year later, he's second string long snapper. That's a guy who wants to see the field. That's a guy who wants to make an impact here at Nebraska. And that's a guy who just earned his black shirt. Yeah. He's probably not going to see a snap on defense in his entire career here. But he earned a black shirt. Yeah. He had um, two tackles. It was his first real game experience was against Purdue. Uh, I actually missed this. But he made the first two tackles of his career on kick coverage against Purdue. And... uh after a bye week, he earns his black shirt because Coach Frost said, look at this guy. You want to follow somebody this offseason? You want somebody to to be a leader this offseason? It's Damian Jackson, and it's also Garrett Nelson. Almost like anointing the favor of the coaches, like the blessing of them to be leaders in the weight room, to be leaders in the practice facility um, going into this year, to say to, to give them 
beyond just the leadership that they've been showing naturally to almost like say to give their approval or to mm-hmm. say like this is a good thing like these guys aren't like upstarts they aren't like stepping too far like the you're a leader and has I, that ever happened in nebraska history to to give out a black shirt to somebody who is not a first string defender i don't know i know that garrett nelson is the first true freshman to get a black shirt since Diedrich young and i don't even know the last time a true freshman from nebraska got a black shirt I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Deep dive. Check the Twitter. We'll we'll we'll, we'll post we'll fact check in. that for we'll, you. We can do that. We can be, it could be a fun stat to throw out there. Maybe we'll get some retweets or something. Yeah, but essentially, I think that's huge for the program. Is and back to what I was saying about Gary Nelson saying, "Why wait to make an impact?" I think this is the coaching staff saying, "You have a black shirt now. Why why wait to be a leader?" Garrett Nelson's a leader on this team, similar to Adrian Martinez after his freshman year. The coaches looked at him and said, "Be a leader." And from all accounts, he was a great leader this offseason. And uh, I think it's also time for Garrett Nelson to step up and say, hey, you you know how it works around here. You get it. You've wanted to be a black shirt your entire life. Mitch Sherman did a really good write-up of Garrett Nelson uh, in the article – or in The Athletic. He did an article on him. And he basically talked about how his mom would always see him in his room at 1 a.m. with an iPad light on. And she'd walk in, and it'd be Garrett Nelson watching 1990s Nebraska black shirts highlights. Yeah. You'd go watch the full games, and you'd watch the film, and it reached a point where his mom stopped saying go to bed, and she'd just go in there and say, okay, talk me through what's happening, because <laughs> she realized that her son had a passion. Yeah. And now her son is a black shirt as a freshman in Nebraska, he's, and that's why it's so emotional for him. He's living the dream. He's living the dream that so many kids growing up in Nebraska have and give up on by the time they're in eighth grade. <laughs> you know? Well, like sophomore year high school yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, some of them give up on their dream and start a podcast <laughs> i think so like a little <laughs> um i think a little piece of me was like okay garrett nelson that's that's a little much at first and then realizing how sincere and how heartfelt it actually was um it was pretty sweet i i love that there's so much support larry the cable guy tweeting out about it you know you made it big when larry the cable guy is tweeting out about you um, cause he's just, he's everything, every single Nebraska wants in a, a black shirt. Yeah. Every single time he's on the field, he plays like he will die on that field for the end on the side of his helmet. How do you think the rest of the team views that? I wonder. Um, interrelationally. Here's the thing. I think, I, think, I think the seniors are probably annoyed with him and I think that's exactly what you want. Cause that's the why you don't want the seniors around. Mm. No senior should look at a guy who's working harder than him and be like, ah, oh, that asshole. Yeah. I think you should look at that guy and be like, okay, I need to go harder. And I don't think the seniors on that team got that. Um, mm-hmm. I know on Hale Varsity Show, we had uh, Gary DiNardo on. Mm-hmm. Or not Gary DiNardo. Who was it? It was, uh, excuse me, um, just start the Gary over. Barnett. It was <laughs> started over, and I'll just cut it. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Coach Gary Barnett. He coached at Colorado, and he coached at Northwestern. Uh, he led Northwestern to a Rose Bowl, um, had some good years with Colorado. Really great coach during his time. And he said – uh, the hardest part for a coach is saying to build a program, you got to say you got to get the right guys in the bus, but he says just equally as important and harder is to say to get the wrong guys off the bus. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what it's time for these next few weeks. And I think that's what we're saying with giving yeah. Garrett Nelson a black shirt is, yeah. Hey, guess what? Garrett Nelson's the future. You're not. And you haven't proven it all this year. It's time to make some hard decisions. Scott Frost. Yeah. Beautiful segue to the press conference today. Elijah Scott Frost. will play a sound clip of it just in a second. Um, talking about this is huge. People being excited for this game in the next three weeks. Here's that sound bite right now. I tell you what the, yeah, the vast majority of our team is positive, excited, uh, excited 
for the game this weekend, excited for things in the future. Um, it's not all, but it's the vast majority, and I've loved the energy uh, all week, especially today. Elijah, what do you what do you make of that? What do you how do you interpret what Scott Frost is saying there? He's fed up. Hmm. Listen, to him. he's trying to sugarcoat the best way he can, but the majority of our team is bought in. Not everybody. But the majority of our team is excited and ready to play against Wisconsin. How are you not excited to play at home against a top 25 team? Right. If, if you're not excited to play against that, I'm sorry. I get it. It's, it's been a tough year for that for the seniors, the guys who are starting. It's been a tough year. You've been crucified by the media at times. Not all of it undeserving. But I, I get not wanting to go out and embarrass yourself. But at the same time, you have a great chance, top 25 opponent, to go out and make a statement. Do you think Illinois, whenever Wisconsin came down, do you think most of those guys were excited to play Wisconsin? No, I guarantee Lovey Smith had every single guy in that locker room excited to play Wisconsin. I guarantee he had every single one of them excited to play Nebraska. And they beat Wisconsin, probably should have beat Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Guys need to be ready to play Wisconsin. You need to be excited. I don't get it. I don't get how you can be. I mean, it's week nine. You're four and whatever. I get it. It's been a long season. The media has been saying all this stuff about you. But you play at Nebraska, and you need to have thick skin, and you need to say, I don't care what they say about me. I'm going to go play. And I'm going to play with my hair on fire. Yeah. Also, I'm playing for a for Use an this motivation. Yeah. Yeah, my god. I'm playing for a bowl game. I'm playing for continuing on. Like there there's got to be people on the team that sen- sentence just makes me feel like there's got to be people on the team who are just ready for the offseason or just just coasting through these last games, you know? Or I, this is for some of you this is going to be your last chance to play football. Like you're not going to the next level. Mhm. And that's not motivation enough for you to like fight for every ounce. Like, do you not love the game of football enough to fight for every ounce of getting a bowl game or going out on a high note? You know. Well, that's why I'm saying I think Scott's ready for some of these guys, some of these guys to go. It's because there's a point where you just say, "I'm sorry, you tried, and it's nothing against you. You just couldn't handle the the Power Five perennial top 25 team that's the expectations we have here. you couldn't handle the expectations they weren't right for you i'm mm-hmm. sorry you couldn't handle losing all aspects of your life and be it becoming football yeah because the top 25 programs the guys who are starting their life is lifting football nutrition that's what their life is that's what life revolves around right and <laughs> i don't i don't see that enough with nebraska sometimes just, to their detriment there was a, there was a really interesting uh there, it was back whenever andrew luck retired and there's some interesting quotes talking about how Andrew Luck was too smart for football and that the NFL, sometimes when they're scouting players from college football, they're looking for people who are so dumb that they sell out the best years of their life for playing football because they love it so much, right? Yeah. Anyway, it, it was just kind of a funny, I think, Andrew Luck being so smart to just be like, man, there's more important things in life than football. Sometimes you want a guy who there's nothing more important to him in life <laughs> than, than football. football. Yeah, And that's what I'm saying. That's what you need around Nebraska is there's guys that – maybe you just aren't cut out for this. I'm sorry. Yeah. And whenever you reach that point, it's, it's time to go. And I, I think that's what we're having with some of the seniors, but Scott Frost also said who, some other interesting things. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Who leaves the program this off season? Do you think is, do you think he's mostly talking about seniors on the team that are already going to be gone? Or is he talking about players on the team who going into this off season, there's, not going to be a spot on this team for them anymore because of what happened this season. I think you can see guys that are playing week in, week out that that aren't excited to play every single week. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson's up and down performances. You can just tell that not every single week he's he, he's not into it every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think who, who else stands out. The Davis twins stand out to me as guys that every single week they aren't into it. Guys where I know that there's going to be 
there's going to be young guys stepping up in the next couple of years. Right. Uh, Maurice, whenever he was still on the team, um, technically still on the team, but not with the team. Most of the wide receiver room for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Cade Warner is maybe an exception there. Um, and, and obviously Wandale. Speaking of the wide receiver room, we have dogged on some of the wide receivers a little bit this year just for not getting open. Mm-hmm. And it's reaching a point now where especially as you go back and watch the Purdue game, receivers are getting open and Mar- Martinez wasn't finding them. Yeah. It seemed, if anything, like for sure the variety of who was getting the ball was much better in the Purdue game. I felt like I saw a lot more guys making plays. Um, There's definitely guys getting open, which I'd hope against the, the talent. Right. Looking back at the looking back at the film, yeah, there was missed opportunities in terms of routes down the field where the routes were doing what they were supposed to do, um, creating a space for a guy to catch a ball, make a play, and Adrian just wasn't didn't have the vision for it. Tunnel vision? I don't know. What do you want to call it? Uh, well, just... Scott said in his uh, his press conference today that Adrian hasn't been playing at 100 percent this year. Mm-hmm. He did say that that Adrian's big guys been. He has been a guy who's been playing through some injury. So you wonder what is going on there? Is it, is it knee? Is it foot? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Uh, something that would make sense to me is uh, a rumor I've heard is turf toe. Mm-hmm. And this is nobody in the know. This is nobody. This is not Elijah's inside information time. This is just a straight rumor I've heard. And I've heard that he's been dealing with turf toe this year. Which would maybe make sense for some of that explosiveness, making cuts, uh, maybe even like throwing balls in the dirt or just like and, his and throwing motion being off. It makes sense as a recurrent injury too. Yeah, that he can practice every single week, but then he gets to the game and it's it issues back. He starts out fine in the first quarter. He slows down. It makes sense. A turf toe type injury does make sense, but I don't really want to speculate all that much. Yeah. Scott Frost did say though that uh, Adrian wasn't playing at 100 percent this year. Segwaying then into this weekend, Elijah, how much time do we give Adrian Martinez in this Wisconsin game before we see another quarterback? Let's give let's give your personal opinion, and then let's give what you think will actually happen. In terms of if he starts this game, if he's not too injured to play the entire way through, I think you got to keep him in the entire way through. You're not going to pull him for any reason besides injury. Uh, I guess Scott knows best what to do. He knows his quarterback best, but that's a confidence killer mm-hmm. to say, Adrian uh we're pulling you at halftime because we think that Noah Vettel can go in and win us this game confidence killer right but there does reach a point where if you think the quarterback's one hampering you I, I think you'd pull him and say hey whatever's bothering you it's an injury thing we'll pull you I don't think that Scott would ever pull Adrian purely based off performance though if it's a healthy thing hmm. you what do you think yeah I agree I don't think I've been on the train of bench Adrian the rest of the season for Noah or McCaffrey, I think, even just from a leadership point of view, to like undermine. He's a captain to undermine. Yeah, to undermine that leadership going into the off season, going into next year, like the psyche getting in his brain. I think you, at this point in the season, you stick with what you got. Also, he can win games. He's proven that he can win games. You know, like give the guy a chance. Give the guy a chance to rebuild confidence in himself. I don't know. It, it's almost like. It's almost an investment into future seasons to leave Adrian in, you know? Last little tidbit before we move on to Wisconsin from Scott Frost's press conference was that he said he thought Farniok, uh, that would be Matt, would be better at a guard position. He has uh, been a little exposed at tackle this year, Mm -hmm. and he's hoping that uh, Matt can move back inside to guard for next year. Uh, That'd be hoping that some guys that are behind him now can step up and we can get a better tackle than Matt because Matt's more comfortable at guard. 
which makes sense. Did you see Matt Farniak against Ohio State? He did not look like a tackle. <laughs> no, ag- no lateral agility. Uh, he was no. throwing what they call lookout blocks, mm. which is uh, where you turn around and look at your quarterback and say, look out! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so even just that the body types or the the abilities of the people we have in the line, just we're putting guys up there who can physically maybe survive in the Big Ten. But what's that also assigned to you, Elijah? A sign that depth-wise, there's no one challenging behind because yeah. you can't you can't move people to where you want them to be to say like, ah, oh, he'd be a better in the guard position. Well, well why I, can't you move him there? Because there's and I think it's also because you still have Bo Bo Wilson at right guard. Yeah, who's been not not great, but he's been solid. So I I think you can cover up some some weakness at right tackle by putting Farney out there because he's still have a, a good right guard. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, I would hope that Farnick would move back to right guard next year. Hopefully that is a more natural position for him. Which leads me into my first thought about Wisconsin, which is that Wisconsin, you're going to see it on Saturday, their strengths align pretty across the board with our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. They have strengths where we have weaknesses, and one of their strengths that is going to scare me all day Saturday is their pass rush. Mm. Um, this is one of... This is probably the best pass rush we've seen since Wisconsin came to town, mm-hmm. and they're close. It's not like Wisconsin was head and shoulders above them. Head and shoulders um, in terms of their best player, which is Chase Young. Mm-hmm. But then the guys around Chase Young are pretty comparable to the guys Wisconsin has. Scary thought. Right. Which also tells me, Elijah, watch out, listeners, for the storyline post game to be still centered around Adrian Martinez because our line isn't going to be able to give him anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think... Yeah, watch out for the storyline to still be headhunting for Adrian because I don't think he's going to have much of a chance in this game. I don't know. Maybe we'll be able to talk about the offensive line afterwards, but uh, I think Adrian's going to look really bad compared to the Wisconsin defense. I know so far in the year, Zach Bond, uh, he's their linebacker. He has nine sacks. Uh, The guy next to him, his name's slipping my memory now. Um, Number 50. That's a weird name. Number 54. (laughs) Uh, He's got seven and a half sacks on the year. Um, They're going to come after... Adrian, and that's going to be scary. But I don't want to stay on the bright side. This is this. I'm not going to stay on the bright side. Um, maybe thankfully for Nebraska's offensive line, uh, Wisconsin starting nose guard Bryson Williams is out for this game. He uh, hurt his knee pretty good in the game against Iowa. Not sure what his status is going to be returning for the rest of the year, but he is not going to be playing against Nebraska. Sucks for him that he cannot make it back for his hometown. Back to the hometown. Yeah. Yeah, but he. Uh, he left the game against Iowa. He was carted off, and he uh, was the rest of the game on crutches. According to his Snapchat story, his knee was all up in a brace. Doesn't look good. It sounds like it's probably a season-ending injury. Mm. So, uh, according to my insider info on his Snapchat, Snapchat story, <laughs> yeah, but uh, he, he he's not going to be playing. And I, I know he was excited to be come back and play in front of Nebraska, and that's kind of something he's been looking forward to for a while. And it's not going to happen then, right? Oh, wait, no, no, no. Did they redshirt him? Yeah, they were so they yeah. So he's got he did not redshirt. He's a sophomore. He's a true sophomore this year. Uh, did he play in four games last year? I should probably know that. Um, he will have his his senior year senior to come back, back here though. Okay. So he has one more chance to play at Nebraska, um, but this year is not the year for that. But it's not like Wisconsin doesn't have guys behind him. I mean, he had an oblique injury earlier in this year. He's missed some games. He's got guys behind him who have experience. Uh, they're young on the inside, uh, but. Um, it's not like this is a bad defensive line Nebraska is going to be facing. This is a really good defensive line, and they're going to test Nebraska's offensive line all game. 
Um, over on the offensive side of the ball, it's the same story of Wisconsin matching up with our weaknesses. Uh, Wisconsin kills you in the short passing game. Uh, Jack, oh, oh. Jack Cohen's their transfer quarterback, and they have actually started throwing the ball with him, which I know is shocking to say um, out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Um, but they love a couple things. A, they love running the ball with Jonathan Taylor. Why is that, Elijah? <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the best running backs in the country. That's why. Uh-huh. Um, and if we can't find a way to stop him, I really want to see just some weird stuff on defense to try to stop what's it. What's he averaging? What's How many yards is he averaging a run right now? Um, that'd be a weird stat for me to know off the top of my head. Why not? Um, yards per carry. Anyway, I'm going to, while Ben looks up that stat, I want to kind of get into what their offense is going to do. And that's, they're going to power run the ball with, uh, excuse me, uh, Jonathan Taylor. And they're also going to be throwing a lot of slant hitch type routes with Jack Cohen. Because what they do is they lull you to sleep. That's what Wisconsin's offense is, is here to do. Is They're going to be running slant routes to Quintez Cephas, slant routes uh, to Aaron Crookshank. They're going to be ru- running slant routes to A.J. Taylor. And then eventually they throw a pump on one of those slant routes, and then they hit you with a, uh, a corner route. Mm-hmm. So they're going to fake you on the slant. You're going to bite up. They go deep on you, and it's a touchdown. And that's what Wisconsin does so, so well. So – what has Nebraska struggled with this year? It's been crossing routes and stopping the run. Yep. And eventually we're going to reach a point where we're probably going to put another safety in the box. We're going to load up our box and say, okay, no no crossing routes. We're going to make you struggle to run the ball, and they're going to say, okay, time to go deep. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Taylor averaging 6.1 yards per carry this season. Oh. So oh. what does that look like for a lot, uh, for Nebraska? Well, that looks like a first down every two carries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yikes. Yeah. This could be rough, folks. On the bright side, the line's 15, and I'll tell you why. It's because Wisconsin loves ball control, and they love killing the clock whenever they have the ball on offense. Nebraska, so far on the year, has been averaging 70 to 80 plays per game. Uh, last week, Iowa got 50 plays on offense. And uh, I expect about the same for Nebraska, somewhere in the 55 to 60 range. We're going to have to make the most of our opportunities for an offense if we want to even be in this game. And we're going to have to have our best defensive performance of the year if we want to have a chance, a shot defensively. Hmm. That's what it's going to take is with only having 50 to 60 plays. Hmm. Uh, Scott Frost said they're going to not be reliant was not the right word to use, but they're going to need their big plays to, to come through for them in order to get points. Nebraska's need to score, need to have big plays against Wisconsin and they're going to need to be executing well. Yeah. Because Here's my question: Is you don't have twenty plays you can just throw away because Wisconsin's going to take so much time right. off the clock with their offense. So, also, what's that look like play calling wise? Not that we can. I mean the the weight of this game goes both on the players executing the game plan, but also on the coaches scheming up something. What kind of big plays? What kind of opportunities? What can Scott Frost throw into the office offense uh, with the bye week? Can he draw something up to exploit Wisconsin's defenses or de- the defensive? shortcomings of Wisconsin. Uh, what will Scott Frost have prepared for this game? What can we see out of the offense that can give us a shot? I'd love to see some more triple option like they ran against Ohio State. Yeah. I'd love to see that. This is the game where you got to pull it out. you got an aggressive Wisconsin defense. The only problem is you got three banged-up quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to run those banged-up quarterbacks. But I really would love to see it with Adrian Martinez, Dedrick Mills at fullback behind him, Wandale way out back. Yeah. Uh, Wandale hasn't practiced yet this week. He was a game-time decision, but things are trending up for him. Uh, he, he's 
been in the film room. He, he knows what he's doing. It's a bye week. You have an extra week to prepare for Wisconsin. He hasn't been able to practice, but it does sound like he's going to be uh, about ready to go uh, Saturday. He's a baller. But you, you never know. Yeah. But knowing the kid and knowing what the coach has said today, it sounds like he you should plan on him at least being suited up on Saturday. What can Nebraska take away from looking at that Illinois game with Wisconsin, if anything? What, my, what my, Illinois really liked doing that game was they liked to drop one of their safeties down in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily against the linebacker, but just behind linebacker depth with, with a single high safety. And Wisconsin still was up double digits late in that game. Uh, it's just kind of the what happens in the Big Ten. Whenever you, right. whenever you got a shot in the fourth, yeah. anything can, can happen. Can you linger around enough? Can you wait around enough to be opportunistic, mm-hmm. uh, take advantage of turnovers in the fourth quarter? And that's and what Nebraska is going to have to win this game. Exactly. Is Nebraska is going to have to hang around. I'd like to see Scott Frost go deep into his playbook in the second half if it's close, pull out some weird stuff. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take them seeing stuff that they haven't seen before if we want to win this game. That's only going to happen if we get to halftime and we're close. And it's only going to happen if our team can t- continue to have the attitude of just crawling back into the games, fighting tooth and nail, to stay in it and thus far this season i haven't seen that attitude from our team we'll Mm. see how our players respond uh i think that's just as much an attitude thing to stay in the game as it is drawing up the right scheme or even playing your role or like playing your assignment um that is maybe something i could have hoped that nebraska could have done early in the season but at this point we've been ground down by a lot of crap and I don't know if our players have that attitude in them. And that's what it's going to take. That's that's my key to the game is you got to want it more than Wisconsin. It's an 11 a.m. game. Wisconsin, uh, their fate's no longer in their own hands when it comes to winning the Big Ten West. You got to hope that you catch them on a day where they're they're not wanting to play and you are wanting to play. And from what Scott Frost said in the press conference, I don't think this sounds like a team that is all all in right now. Right. So maybe that his what he said in the press conference was a call to action. Uh, maybe it wasn't, but. Let's make our predictions, Ben. Uh, I, I just want to leave that in your ear to see. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll pick Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, no. no. <laughs> I'm sorry, Husker fans. I cannot pick Nebraska. It's going to be a rough one. The spread is 15. Is that what we said earlier? Yes. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's not it's not feeling good in my gut. I have to admit, I haven't heard a fan say we're – I haven't heard any fans be optimistic about this. Um, so, I'm going to say Wisconsin – Ends up not scoring a butt ton, but I'm thinking like 48 to 21. They're not going to score a ton, just seven touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wisconsin 48-21, I don't hate that. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin puts up that many points. They like controlling possession, running the ball. Yeah, I think this is a game where... Nebraska maybe gets five possessions in the first half to do something on offense because mm-hmm. Wisconsin's going to have some long grinded out drives, uh, which means I got Wisconsin thirty one and I got Nebraska seven, somewhere in that range. That's not an exact score, but twenty eight to thirty five for Wisconsin somewhere in there. I think they they take uh, advantage of a couple of Nebraska turnovers, get some short fields. Uh, I think Nebraska hangs around early, though. One of those ones where it's like seven to seven at the end of the first quarter, mm-hmm. and then it's you know seventeen to seven at the at halftime, and they kind of pull away late. We we get a little too desperate on offense, something like that, where it doesn't feel as bad as the scores. But I still think Wisconsin wins big, thirty-five to seven, thirty-eight to seven, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, so those are our predictions. Yeah. I, hope, I hope we're wrong, but the thing is, is Nebraska on the year is one and eight against the Vegas uh, the Vegas line. The line's fifteen. 
which means if I'm a betting man, I'm taking more than 15 points for our, our Wisconsin winning by more than 15. Yeah. Uh, man, stay stay strong, Husker Nation. If anything, pay attention to the game long enough to, I don't know, know what happens so you can talk about it later. <laughs> um, but, hey, remember these times now because they're yeah. not going to last. Yeah. It's not going to be long where the Husker Half Hour is saying games where we think we're going to be losing big time at home. Yeah. The, the days are numbered. We're not sure if it lasts in the next year. Are you year. locking in another season worth of the Husker Half Hour, Elijah? We're renewing our contract for another season? Well, I don't want to let the fans know it one way or another. <laughs> Quote-unquote quote, fans. Yeah. No. Just hey, friends and family, mostly family. We're over half an hour. Yeah. Uh, that's our rule, the Husker Half Hour. Right, that's, that's enough from us. Yeah. Enjoy the game on Saturday, guys, but uh, don't let it ruin your day. Hey, we're still trying to make it to a bowl. Let's uh, let's see if our husband can win. All it's gonna take is two wins. Two wins. Two wins.